the best relationships and friendships that we can nurture are ones that invoke strength, that bring about security, that bring about confidence. Over four decades ago, very hard to talk with the beauty of that that song coming out there. So wonderful hearing our kids sing. Um, over four decades ago, um, a friend of mine introduced me to another friend. And it's been the most remarkable friendship. And it's one that, although when I was younger, I, I kind of took it for granted. I didn't see, I didn't see all the benefits of it. I didn't see the beauty in it. And I didn't see the beauty in this friend. But the more I've grown... This friendship has grown into one that I just can't even imagine myself without. This is one that I'd never want to even go a day without talking to this friend and being with this friend. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about it was Jesus, my precious friend, who made the introduction to me of my now precious friend, the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. Because all too often, the Holy Spirit is the odd man out. We rave about Jesus, and, and we should. We should. His name is the name above all names. And we talk about the Father, and we sing about the Father. You're a good, good Father. And we should, because He is a good Father. And we've had not-so-great examples of fathers, and we need to be reminded that here on this earth, the not-so-great examples of godly men or fathers that we've seen don't reflect our Father, who is perfect and gracious and present. But we should also rave about the Holy Spirit. And it's not a reach to call him a friend. I value his friendship, but I also value my friendships. And um, this is a nice segue to invite two of my friends to come up on stage. Um, I've asked uh, Dave and Andy to join me in having a conversation about the Holy Spirit today. Um, this will be, this will be the preach, but it'll kind of be in lieu of the preach. And so we're hoping, um, that, uh, that we can just talk about, um, the Holy Spirit. Yes, but there's going to be a, a clear focus, um, where we're going to talk about one of the benefits of the Holy Spirit. And what's really amazing, uh, is that John actually touched on it when he came up to pray over our kids, which, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't collaborate, and we're going we're gonna to talk about praying in the Spirit. So, um, yeah, we let's make ourselves comfortable, and I, I, I'll take the, you guys choose the seats. I'll choose, all right, I'm in the middle. I don't want to be in the middle. You get in the middle. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, that would be rude of me. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. I appreciate you guys being up here. Um, just so you guys know, we're, we're kind of winging this. Um, and so, uh, yeah, as, as I seek through, let me see where I'm at. All right. Um, a couple conversations led to our decision to have this, um, this sermon be conversational as well. And one of them was on Friday. Um, Dave and I were having lunch. Um, and he, uh, he started talking about John chapter 15 and just made an amazing point. And I'd love for you to kick us off with just telling everybody what you told me about the Holy Spirit and all. Yeah, th that sounds good. Um, in John chapter 15, verse 26, let me read this to you. It says, and when the helper, and this is in the amplified version, it says, when the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, and the standby comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, and he will testify and bear witness about me. So Jesus is sitting there, and he's like, okay, I got to get out of here, you guys, because I'm going to send my spirit to hang out with you, and here's a bunch of cool stuff that Holy Spirit does. First of all, he's a helper. Like, if you need help this morning, Holy Spirit's the man. <laughs> you know, he is going to help you if you want it. He can help you in all kinds of different cool ways. Here's another one. He's a comforter. Anybody need any form of comfort this morning? I do. How many of us go get comfort in everywhere else except for with the Holy Spirit? Anybody? Show of hands. No doubt. Me too. 
If you need comfort that's sustainable, that's lasting, that's beautiful, Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's the advocate. In other words, he will hang out with you in public and advocate on your behalf. That's amazing. He's not ashamed of you. He'll advocate on your behalf in a legal setting, too. Like if something's coming after you, he'll step in and be like, no, not on my watch, buddy. It's amazing. He's an intercessor. The word intercessor means uh, one of the meanings is to stand in the shoes of someone else. When you intercede, what you're doing is you're slipping into the person's shoes that you're praying for. You're looking at their life from their vantage point, and you're going, you know what? Uh, Based on what I'm seeing, hey, God, here's what I think they need. Holy Spirit does this for you. He slips into your shoes, looks at your life from your vantage point, and then says, hey, Father, here's what I think they need. It's amazing. That's an an awesome friend. That's incredible. Uh, Three more things. He's a counselor. Like, if you need some really good advice, Holy Spirit's the friend for that. He'll give you great advice, amazing advice. If you need to unpack something, if you've been wounded, if you've been broken, Holy Spirit will counsel you and help you get put back together. It's amazing. He's a strengthener. Anybody need strength in here this morning? (laughs) Literally of any kind. Strength of will, strength of spirit, strength of heart, strength in your body. Anybody? Holy Spirit's a strengthener. Last one. He's the standby. I love this one. Because... He is the representative of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that will never leave you. And by that, I mean, like, he'll stand by you. I remember one time um, I did something wrong. Uh, This was in high school. I did something wrong. No, no, it was middle school. I did something stupid. Anyway, I talked to my mom about it, and I totally lied. And I was like, I didn't do that. My mom, like the mama bear came out. She went to the teacher who had accused me of doing wrong, even though I had lied to my mom. My mom went to bat for me and tore that. (laughs) I'm sitting there like this teacher's getting torn up by my mom. And the teacher was right. I had lied, you know, and I knew it and the teacher knew it, but my mom (laughs) didn't know it. And she was standing next to me just like crushing it for me. She was standing by me. Later, I had to tell her, yeah, I lied about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, and uh, boy, did I get in trouble. The point of the story is my mom is somebody that in that time, she stood by me. Holy Spirit will stand by you. He'll stand with you. That is an amazing gift of a friend. And at that point, she needed the Holy Spirit to be her comforter because her mom was certainly not going to be her comforter (laughs) at that moment. (laughs) Nope. So coming after me with a spatula or something. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I, I love that that you're talking about the Holy Spirit as friend and using tangible descriptions. Um, I even changed the graphics. The last two weeks we've talked about the Holy Spirit and I had this image and it had a dove, right? Because, um, you know, that's one of the symbols used to, to represent the Holy Spirit. Um, but he's not a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove. The Holy Spirit's a person. So I changed the graphics to kind of show friendship this week because he's a friend. Uh, he's a person. He's not the it of the Godhead. He's, he's one of the, 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 the persons of the Godhead. Um, I, I was looking earlier in that passage in John chapter 15, um, and Jesus said this. He said, uh, the one who hates me also hates my father. Um, and, and the same can be true of, of the Holy Spirit. The one who hates the Holy Spirit um, hates Jesus. Hates the Father. Um, we, we, it's not a buffet. We can't say, I really like uh, the Son. I really like Jesus because he, di- he died for me. But I don't want anything to do with the Father because I had a bad father, and I don't really want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because, you know, that scares me. You know, the, what, what if he makes me into someone weird? Um, it's not pick and choose. We, there has to be a love. For there to be unity, there has to be unity. And so... I just find that an interesting point um, that there has to be this embrace of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There has to be this embrace of God um, in his entirety. Can I actually jump in there? Actually, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I was just going to say, 
three of us met this morning before service to kind of just rap about today, and uh, that came up, and we had talked about it, and it was like, well, yeah, if, you know, if me, as, as a friend to people, if you liked, you know, certain elements of me, but, but one element of me you didn't like, you're rejecting part of that person, and it's no different with uh, the Godhead. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and if you don't embrace all three, there's, there's a lack there, and we were talking about just relationally, what y- is your relationship going to look like um, with, the, with God if you're rejecting a portion of the Godhead? And, you know, can you be an acquaintance in that scenario? You can, but are you going to have a really deep relationship? Most likely not. It's going to be challenging. So it's just important that we embrace the, the entirety of the Godhead. I remember, um, I remember being in a church. It was more of a charismatic type of a church setting. I was there for about 10 years, and I got so hurt. I mean, I got wrecked. And at that time, I was associating my pain with the charismatic church, a.k.a. with the Holy Spirit. I left that church, and I literally said, I don't want Holy Spirit in my life. Well, I couldn't differentiate the two. I connected the pain with the Spirit of God. Totally not the truth, but that's what I did. Well, later, like a year later, I was hanging out with them with uh, God one day, and he said, you know, I wasn't the one that hurt you. People did. You threw me out of your life, and you're standing in unforgiveness with them. So two invitations for you today, Dave. One, you need to forgive them. Number two, would you welcome the Holy Spirit back in your life? And that day I said, well, here's the deal. I saw the Holy Spirit um, and the things of the Spirit, kind of like what we're going to talk about today, praying in the Spirit, that type of stuff, I saw that manipulated. And so I was not about that because that was fake to me. So I said, if it's, I told God, if it's real, I want it. But if it's a bunch of showmanship, emotionalism, whatever this is, you know, like a, a bunch of fake religious garbage, I don't want that. And he's like, hey, I'm with you on that. I don't want that either. So I said, okay, then Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life again and everything that comes along with you as a friend, your fruit, your gifts, the whole thing. I just don't want it to be fake. And I don't I don't mind it being weird. <laughs> I say that, you know, tentatively. Because sometimes he'll ask you to do weird stuff that's uncomfortable. But it's not for the purpose of embarrassing us. It's because he needs to get something done, and theoretically, we're willing to partner with him and do stuff. Does that make sense? So anyway. Isn't it amazing how we all crave the authentic? None of us want anything fake. Yeah. We don't want a fake relationship. We don't want a fake religion. We don't want a, yeah. uh, you know, a fake passion. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, gosh, the epitome of unfulfilling. Um, so the key is, how do we come to see the Holy Spirit as authentic? And I, I, it's not rocket science. We spend time with him. Wow. And you were saying before the service, there's a proverb that basically says bad company corrupts good character. The idea is that you become like who you hang out with. Have you ever had a friend like that, a friend that said, like, dude, all the time, and then after hanging out with them a bunch, you find yourself saying dude a hundred times in a row? stuff rubs off on you. So this is not an exaggeration. I was hanging out with my buddy Jody Romero yeah. in East L.A. for a while. When I came back home, I'm not even kidding you, it's going to sound bad. I, I had like a slight orale accent. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious! Because I was hanging out with Jody all that time. I'm like, ¿Qué pasó? What's up, man? You know, and, you know, because I was in East L.A. And I mean, I, I, it sounds bad, but I'm like, okay, I've been with Jody. Yeah, well, and I, love I, I, I feel you. Anytime you can ask him that I get too close to Canada, it's you take can off. Hear. Hey, hey, take off, loser. <laughs> it just happens, right? It does. Like Mark and I were talking earlier, uh, like before service. Um, I've heard people say, like, you're the sum of your five closest friends. You know that that it, you know, along that same line of thinking that you know you take on the character or the attributes or whatever, like. And it's it, it it goes around. It's not just you. It's you impact your friends as well. But um, all the more important, why the Holy Spirit needs to be one of those very dear and close friends because yeah. of the benefits that come along with that, the fruit that He produces in your life. 
See, I love that you just said that, the fruit he produces in your life, because we've all heard about the gifts of the, sp- the Spirit, for sure, but we've also heard about the fruit of the Spirit. What is it? In fact, you had a good translation of that verse. Yeah, so um, let me go back to uh, Saturday's long, long, long notes. Um, Galatians 5, um, 22, in the Passion Translation, says this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is, and I love that because too often we think, hey, when I, when I become a really stand-up Christian, I'm going to produce awesome fruit. I'm going to produce love and joy and peace and patience. And I'm really proud of my walk with the Lord because right now I'm, I'm really, I'm developing and producing kindness and goodness. And, and we get that wrong. It's not us who produce those things. It, it's the result of being with the Holy Spirit. He produces it in our life. And we're like, oh, my gosh, that situation I totally wanted to respond this way, and I didn't. I responded in kindness. Holy Spirit, you're so good, because that is not me. I totally wanted to punch the guy. And, and I responded in kindness. And, and it's the Holy Spirit who produces it. That's right. It's like you become who you hang out with. So if you hang out with the Holy Spirit a bunch, then you'll have a bunch of that fruit. If you hang out with the Holy Spirit a bunch, you're probably going to encounter some of the cool gifts that he has to give us. Introduction. Can you read that passage about, about Jesus, the raven, about the Holy Spirit in introduction? Yeah, so um, in John 16, 7 and beyond, it, it's you know Jesus introducing us to the Holy Spirit. And it, in 16, 7 it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then in verse 12 through 14, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will, he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And I just think that's awesome. You know, we, Mark talked earlier about, have you ever had a friend introduce you and, and like rave about you and, you know, how much more could you say, like, hey, it's, it's better that I go because this, this super awesome friend is going to come. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Mark had noticed in, in John 16, 16, uh, in the ESV it says, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. And then in the Passion Translation it says, soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will see me in a new way. And just before we came up here, I was like, we've been supermaned here. You know, it's like Clark Kent, like, hey, I've got this really awesome friend, and but I got to go, you know, <laughs> wink, wink, because he's going to come. And But it, it just, it just, I don't know, it was funny to me. But uh, <laughs> but the Lord is, is so good in, 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 in these different ways and facets that, that he reveals himself, and the Holy Spirit is one of those ways. And the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus, and we was thinking about the uh, thing of, you know, I have still so many things to say, but you can't bear them at this time. Um, you know, he could have been talking about a lot of different things. Uh, and we saw, like, when he, he told uh, the disciples, you know, hey, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the cross, and all these things are going to happen. And Peter's like, no way, that can't happen. And so, you know, there the Lord has his timing in the, in the way he shares things. But um, it's just amazing to me that he sent the Holy Spirit so that as we continue forward into the future in our walk, we can continually um, just receive revelation about Jesus, and he can share these things that we weren't able to bear at the time, but uh, now, through the Spirit, can have a better understanding and just grow uh, in our walk with the Lord. And that's one of the amazing things that the Holy Spirit does. He reveals Jesus in in new ways, in powerful ways. Um, In fact, we were talking beforehand in Romans 8, verse 9, it says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. Like the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So it's not that the Holy Spirit's weird, but Jesus is cool. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. That's, a, that's an important distinction to make, I think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're going to segue in a moment, but I'm going to be totally random here right now. Um, if you guys don't know Tara Powers, this is Dave's wife right Tara there. Tara Powers and in she the house. is awesome. Whoa. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah. My son Kai right here too. Yeah, Everybody say hi, that. Kai. <laughs> He'll hate that, but it'll be great. So I see Dave all the time. I don't see you near as often. Yeah. So and and you are. You're awesome. You're you're a, you're a hero. We love seeing you. Yeah. All right. No segue. There's no segue. Speaking of Tara. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about speaking in tongues. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wait, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Kissing in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't embarrassed before. But <laughs> <laughs> she is now. Uh, we yes. love you, Tara. Uh, just, just over clear, Kara. I, I don't think I've ever done that to you. So, but brace yourself for it. It's coming. There's a country song that's like, sleeping on the fold out, <laughs> thanks to me and my big mouth. <laughs> so hopefully that's not me tonight, oh. sleeping on the fold out. Oh. Um, friends, there are incredible benefits to friendship with the Holy Spirit. Incredible benefits. If we think about just our natural friendships, I mean, there's benefits to, to all of our friendships. Um, I have friends that make me laugh, you know, more than others. I have friends that make me feel strengthened more than others. I have friends um, that are phenomenal cooks, and uh, that's that's an incredible benefit. We, in our relationships, there's all kinds of benefits, and there are benefits of friendship with the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to mention two, but I'm I'm just going to touch on the one and really camp on the second. Um, one of the benefits we see in friendship with the Holy Spirit are spiritual gifts. Um, this benefit uh, is the Holy Spirit reveals spiritual gifts from God. When used in submission to God, these gifts build up the body of Christ. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. Not for you to, to it's not Christmas. It's not Christmas for you to go, look at all these awesome gifts I got. Oh, these are wonderful. This one's shiny. This one's big. Wonder if this one, that one. These are mine, mine, mine. Spiritual gifts are giving, given for the strengthening of others. They're given to be used. They're not given to just be possessed. The second benefit of friendship with the Holy Spirit is strong and secure building up. He builds us up. It is, it is not God's desire that we walk around unfulfilled and weak and damaged and wounded. And God knows all the things we need. And part of Jesus raving about the Holy Spirit saying, it is better that I go away. It's because the Holy Spirit is remarkable in building us up. So I, I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to talk about the spiritual gifts, but that, that's not what this message is about. So uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So that's why we're talking about it right now. You know, we're talking about the Holy Spirit now um, because we, we don't want to be uninformed. Uh, down to verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The New Living Translation says that last verse, the common good. It says a spiritual gift is given so that we can help each other. That's why spiritual gifts are given. Uh, I'm going to continue. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let's leave that on the screen for a little bit. These are spiritual gifts given to followers of Jesus, given to believers of Jesus, and I firmly believe this. The Bible tells us that, that, that God knows our hearts, that God knows the intent and the heart of man. 
And I'm just going to pose this question. If God were to give you a spiritual gift, does he know that you would use it to strengthen his body? Or would you sit on it? I, I think it's a fair question. Because I think God looks and says, I can trust, I can trust that woman with, with this gift. Because I know how she's going to use it. And I know she's going to use it. I know she's not going to let fear or anxiety or apprehension or pride keep her from, from using this gift. So I say all that to say, there has to be a hunger that we have um, in receiving gifts from God. Um, before I move off of that, you guys got anything on that? Okay. Can we, can we pull that up again? Just I, I want you all to see. We see this in the Bible, right? Uh, we see it's in the Bible, right? Yeah. Okay. It's in the Bible. It's truth. Right? If it's in Scripture, it's truth. Now, do you fully understand it? Neither do I. Neither do I. There's lots of things I don't understand. I don't understand uh, bodies of waters parting and walls being formed, that the, the surface of it immediately being dried up and people walking across dry land. I don't understand that at all. There's lots of things in the Bible I don't understand, but it is truth. I believe God. I don't have to understand it because I'm not the boss, because I'm not Lord. And, and honestly, if I'm being totally candid with you guys, like one of the reasons I felt like it was the Lord to, to bring Andy and Dave up here is because like they're like the softer side of Sears, man. Like, like I, when, I get, when I get fired up and I get passionate about something, you know, like... You know, I, I want to preach and I want to be like, how do you not love the Holy Spirit? He's awesome. I've known him for 45 years. You suck. Not him. You know, like, you know. And, and now to housewares and linens. <laughs> so, so these guys are like there to kind of reel me in, you know. But here, here's the truth, you guys. When we, when we see it in scripture, we're, we're not the boss. We're not the one who goes, ah, I don't know if that's true or not. I want to tuck that away because uh, I don't understand it, and I'm the determiner of truth. And I know we'd never say that, but in our hearts, that's somehow what we do. When we don't understand, we, we make ourselves the determiner of truth and saying, God, I don't understand it, and Holy Spirit, uh, I'm going to sit with you a bit, and I'm going to ask you to, to reveal some stuff to me and to teach me and to unpack truth to me and to show me Jesus in this, because I don't understand it. And it's okay not to understand yeah. everything, you know, and it's okay to question it's okay to have that dialogue with the Lord and say, hey, I don't understand this. Can you help unpack this for me? Because he will. And just to be clear, our convictions aren't the determiner. Because we can have different convictions. I can have a conviction that says it's okay for me to have an open marriage, and, and that's my conviction. And it's not our convictions that are the determiner of truth. It's the word of God. And, and does my conviction line up with the word of God? Because one of those two things isn't going to change. The word of God or my conviction. And when I'm confronted with truth in scripture, my conviction, if it doesn't line up, it's got to change. Do you guys, do you agree with that? All right. I want to swing back on that second point, which is really the first point. Strong and secure building up. Now, I, I just... I, I want to talk about one gift of the Holy Spirit, and I want us to, to discuss it. And that is praying in the Spirit, also known as praying in your heavenly language, also known as praying in tongues. We see it in Scripture. We're going to read other verses in Scripture. And I want you to know that it's not weird. It might be different. It might be foreign, but it's not weird. So I want to share one story that this is only one time in my life this has happened. And it was amazing. I was at a men's retreat. And um, there came a portion uh, on one of the nights when we were um, praying for each other. And this is when I was under Pastor Al's leadership. And, and uh, I started praying for this one guy. And I said, hey, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and I want to pray in the spirit for a while because um, I feel like God's got something for you. But he hasn't given it to me. So I don't know what to pray. So don't worry about it. I'm going to pray in the spirit. And I'm going to ask the Lord to, to just let me know what it is that he's that he's speaking. So I started praying in the spirit. And then 
I don't know if it was the Lord giving me the interpretation of what I just prayed or if it was just that in interceding, the Holy Spirit said, hey, we, we, you know, this is what the Father wants to, to do, and this is what God wants to, to do in this man's life, and God wants to use Mark in this moment. And so um, I don't know the ins and outs of how it came about, but after praying in the Spirit, I started praying over him, and I started prophesying over him and speaking over his life. And, and the brother, you could tell, like, you know, tears aren't always a determiner, I mean, but you could tell, like, when dudes cry, that usually means something. Like, like it was resonating with him, and at the end, He's like, thank you so much, thank you so much. And so we, you know, we, it was still kind of that ministry time. I went and quickly prayed for someone else. So afterwards, we're all hanging out, drinking coffee, just praising God, talking about what he's done. And he walks over to me, and I didn't know the guy. He was a friend of Al's. And um, he had an accent, but I didn't know where it was from. And uh, he said, uh, I don't think you're from, oh, my gosh, one of my regrets. One of my regrets is that I did not write this down, that I didn't take note, but maybe it's there. He said, you're not from so-and-so, right? And you don't speak such-and-such language, right? And it was like an Eastern Bloc kind of language. And I said, no, no, I, I speak a little Spanish. Like, I can order pretty decently in Spanish. That's about it. Um, he said, well, when you were praying for me, when you said, hey, just sit tight, you're going to pray in the Spirit, you were praying in my language. You were praying in my native language. I'm like, no kidding. I, I, I probably, you know, I was amazed. No one had ever said that before. I'm like, what, what was I saying? He's like, oh, you were just talking about God and glorifying God and praising God. And, and, he, and he said, yeah, it was really cool. And that's the only time in my life. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if I was speaking in that language or if he was hearing that language. Because in Acts chapter 2, it says these people that were present at the, on the day of Pentecost said they heard people speaking in their tongues. So I don't know if I was speaking it or if he heard it, and I don't care. I don't care because I'm not a linguist, okay? Um, all I care about is that God had his way. So number one, talking about building up and talking about praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues is scriptural. So um, I, I was, gosh, I, I pray in tongues every day. Oftentimes I start my morning praying in tongues. Um, when I was younger, um, I think the kids thought it was like the bat signal because we'd be driving in the car, and all of a sudden I'd be like, hold on, nobody, and I'd start praying in tongues. And like, I think it was my son who would be like, Dad, what's going on? Dad, what are you, what are you, what are you feeling? What's got Maybe it was Acacia. I don't know. It was like one of the older kids. Dad, what's going on? And it was like the bat signal. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm, you know, praying. And then this was pretty funny. Cadence, another time, was like, hey, Dad, um, we're picking my friend up. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, she goes, do you think you're going to um, play in tongues today? Ixnay on the unstay. And I was like, no, no, baby, no, baby. I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to embarrass you by, I, I'm, I'm comfortable praying in, in the spirit in front of y'all, in front of my kids. But no, baby, I'm not going to embarrass you. And she's like, thanks, Dad. Uh, Corinthians 14, uh, Two through four. Anybody want to read that? Because I've been talking a whole lot, and they're. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have that one. So, First Corinthians fourteen two through four. So, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, and the one who prophesies builds up the church. So. Um, a lot of times conjunction, you know, conjunction function, junction, what's your function? Yeah. So uh, the conjunction and and but, um, they're the same word, which is Allah. And uh, sometimes I'll look and I'll say, oh, is that, that should be an and. That's not a but. That, that should be, that should, that's more accurate as an and. So I want to read that last part. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up and the one who prophesies builds up the church. We need them both. We, we need you to build yourself up. No one can build yourself up the way the Holy Spirit can. Not your spouse. Kara, Kara builds me up, but not the way the Holy Spirit can. My bros build me up, not the way the Holy Spirit can. Okay? We have to build ourselves up, but we also need to build up the church. We need to do both. So just to kind of bring some normalcy to this, um, like, I'm, I'm, 
a little odd at times. I get that. I'm okay with that. I know me. I do me. Okay? But, like, there's a lot of normal people that, that pray in the Spirit. James, uh, he's not a good example. Andy's. <laughs> I'm mostly normal. <laughs> Dave prays in tongues. Andy prays in tongues. My mom prays in tongues. Debbie prays in tongues. Christine prays in tongues. Anthony prays in tongues. Kim, Joy, Marie, Cadence, Acacia. You guys, it's not like I'm the only, like, weirdo in the group. This is, this is part of our relationship with God, and it's a good thing. And you've never seen any of us freak out and do something, like, super weird. Although, I'm disclaimer, if the Holy Spirit tells me to do something weird, I'm going to trust him. That's right. You're going to spit in somebody's eyes if he tells you? Oh, did absolutely. You hear about, there, was a, there was a pastor in, in Oklahoma. Did you hear about that? Yeah, homeboy was, like, spitting on his, and then he had to apologize. But I'm like, Jesus did it. Like, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it, but, like, CNN found something wrong with it. I don't know. Yeah. Holy Spirit, come back. Um, speaking to God is a good thing. And we see that when we're speaking in tongues, we're speaking to God. And I'm just letting you know, uh, my, my prayers are often flawed, and your prayers are often flawed too, because we can't help but pray selfishly. And I'm not even saying like selfishly like, Lord, you know, give me a Ferrari. That I'm talking about just that we think we know what's best. Um, Lord, would you remove this friend from my child's life? Because we think that's the best thing. That the best solution is the removal of that friend from our kid's life. When the Lord's like, no, 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 I put that friend there. That friend needs Jesus and your child's alive. And your child's going to lead that person to the Lord. So no, I'm not going to agree with that. When you pray in the Spirit, we're praying the will of God. Even if we don't know what we're praying, which majority of the time we don't know what we're praying. But it, but it's good because so many times, friends, we pray for things. I mean, there's times I've, there's times I've prayed, Lord, uh, I'm hurting. Would you take away this pain? And I know it didn't line up with the word of God because a lot of times we don't make changes without pain. And the Lord's like, no, I, I, I need you. You're, you're not harmed, but you, there is pain, and I want you to learn in the midst of this pain. And I'm asking the Lord to take the pain away, and the Lord's like, I, I, I brought that learning tool there. I need you to learn this. I need you to learn this. I need you to feel that for a bit so you learn this lesson and don't, mis- don't make the same mistake again. Absolutely. And there's just such a freedom uh, in praying in, t- in the Spirit and praying in tongues. And I love what John said earlier when he prayed for the kids, you know, like, so often we don't know, we don't have the words, we don't know, or as Mark was saying, you know, we pray um, selfishly, not even intentionally sometimes, but when we're praying in the spirit, we know we're 100% in alignment with the will of God. It's his words, it's his heart that's coming forth, and uh, it's just, there's freedom in that. Um, Andy, would you read that First Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, but would you, would you stop after the word unfruitful? Stop after the word unfruitful. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Okay. That's not a bad thing. Okay. That's not a bad thing. Here's what that word means. Um, Contributing nothing to the prayer. Contributing nothing to the prayer or instruction. Sometimes that's exactly what God wants us to do. Contribute nothing to the prayer. (laughs) I love that. It says, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Sometimes, you're just like you just said, your brain gets in the way. Yeah. So Holy Spirit's like, okay, we need to move that thing aside so I can get something prayed that you're going to be naturally in the way about, you know? And so I love that. I don't want your brain to contribute to anything yeah. in this conversation right now. I want to bypass that thing, and I still need some stuff prayed out. That's a, that's a beautiful aspect of yeah. praying in the spirit. Yeah. I love it, I love it. Uh, Continue, please. (coughs) What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. See, and I love that because God's like, dude, I'm not asking you to check your brain at the door. I'm not asking you to be a mindless, you know, person here. Pray with your mind. That's good. And sometimes... Your brain doesn't have what it takes to get the prayer stuff done. You got to pray in the spirit. 
That's all Paul's saying. He's saying, of course I use my mind. But sometimes my mind can't get it done, so I pray in the spirit. Beautiful. Absolutely. That is beautiful. Let me just say that. Repeat after me. I will pray with my spirit. And I will pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit. And I will sing with my mind. So if um, if you were to stand really close to me, like front row close, like, you know, my, my daughters or my son or my wife close, like right next to me close during worship, you would hear the most interesting things <laughs> throughout the worship service. You would. You would hear me singing in the spirit. You would hear me singing a new song in English. You would hear me just often saying, God, you're so faithful. You're so true. You're so worthy. I love you. And if the Holy Spirit prompts something to my heart that I need to repent of, Lord, I repent of that. Lord, I, I change my mind about that. Lord, what do you want me, what, what's your mind on the matter? Lord, what do you think about? I mean, it's all taking place during worship. And, of course, I'm singing. And then, of course, you know, sometimes I'm singing and I'm, it needs to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. I'll do the little things, too. It's interesting. It's, it's Yeah. Um, but all that to say, I pray with my mind. I pray in the spirit. I sing with my mind. I sing with the spirit. And I'm just letting you guys know, none of this requires interpretation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that builds me up. And there are times when I pray in the spirit. I, I'm doing so because I'm asking the Lord, Lord, give me a word for somebody. Or Lord, I feel like you, you, you've given me a word for someone. Lord, would you unpack that for me? And, and I'll pray in the spirit. Um, and that is for the benefit, for the help of others. But most of the time, the Lord's like, no, I just need you built up before you get up there and talk about me. Yeah, that's good. The The interesting thing for me is, um, so I grew up in a really conservative Baptist school that five days a week was like, Holy Spirit is God. Then I went to a four-square church on the weekends, and people are, like, praying for people, and they're praying in the Spirit, and people are getting healed, and all that different stuff. It made for a confusing childhood, truthfully, in that way. Um, but when, I, when you start talking about praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit, these types of things, we're like, oh, yeah, that's too weird. We don't do that. But you sit there and read Paul's writings and, and like, take those all in. Well, guess what? Check this out. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 18 through 20. This is Paul talking. He says, let me tell you something. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you guys. So we're like eating up some of Paul's words, but then we're like, wait, Paul spoke in tongues? Oh, well, that's weird. I don't know what I think about that. He said, I thank God. I am so thankful that I speak in tongues more than just about anybody I know. He says, nevertheless, um, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to teach or instruct other words rather than speaking 10,000 words in a tongue. He said, brothers, don't be children like children in your thinking. Be infants in evil. But in your thinking, be mature. There's a correlation here between maturity of thought and praying in the Spirit. You learn stuff by praying in the Spirit that you can't know by reading a book. He reveals things to us, man. It's an amazing gift. It's an incredible gift. So there Paul is going, hey, I'm publicly thanking God that I speak in tongues more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how beneficial would speaking in tongues have to be to Paul to make that statement? And I love that even Paul uses hyperbole. Like, uh -huh. exaggerate much, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> like 10,000, really? <laughs> Couldn't use a couple hundred, you know? You speak more than all, not just most. Um, Paul can make that statement because he knows the benefit, because he knows the results of being built up. Uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 17 through 21 says this. And we're reading a lot of scripture because I want you to see this isn't our opinion. It's all over. Yeah. It's everywhere, through and through, cover to cover. I mean, it's just like everywhere, this concept of praying in the Spirit's all over the place. Yep. Jude 1, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers. You guys know what a scoffer is? What's a scoffer? 
someone who makes fun of, someone who scoffs, someone who taunts and antagonizes and makes fun and belittles, right? There will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. Don't be a scoffer. That's not in there. That's me. Don't be a scoffer. It is these who cause division. Worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. I want to make something abundantly clear. Jesus is the only name by which we must be saved. Okay? But the Holy Spirit played a vital role in drawing you to the Lord in your salvation experience. He's vital in our relationship with God. Gosh, looking at time. Some of y'all, some of y'all talk. I want to see what needs to be cut here. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there's a bunch of really great stuff in um, Ephesians chapter 6. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Yeah. This is in, cha- in uh, chapter 6, verse 17 through 20. We'll show it up on the screen. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, check this out. We just got done talking about, like, the, the armor of God, you know, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the, the shield of faith. But listen to this. He goes, take the helmet of salvation, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the verse doesn't end there. It says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also pray for me in the spirit. Paul's like, please pray for me in the spirit. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth up boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to. So in other words, Paul's making some kind of a a comment here. He's like, yeah, get suited up for battle for sure. Um, One key component of getting suited up is praying in the spirit. And by the way, please pray for me in the spirit so that I can go out boldly and not hold anything back. I love that. So when we pray for others, when we pray in the Spirit, one of the byproducts of us praying in the Spirit for them is boldness starts to rise up in them so they can proclaim the truth of God regardless of the environment. So, dude, let's pray for each other in the Spirit then. Paul's like, sign me up right here. He was asking for it. I'm asking for it. I was like, seriously, I'd like to ask all of you, please pray for me in the Spirit. (laughs) That would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah, that scripture stuck out to me as well. And I'd like to read verse 18 in the Passion Translation. It says, pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. Um, Passionately in the spirit, consistently lifting yourself up, lifting others up. It's it's so vital. I love that you said that. My cousin Lindsay is here as well. We are talking about passion. And you know the word, we typically think about passion as excitement. Do you know what it means? It means pain. You've heard the phrase, the passion of the Christ? It's the pain. You've heard the word compassion? It means to bear someone's pain with them. Like sometimes you're praying and normal words with your brain aren't cutting it and you're in pain for someone, or you're in pain because you're in a situation, praying in the Spirit can, like, access that pain. Pray passionately in the Spirit. Like, this isn't a way to escape the pain. Grab a hold of that thing, grab a hold of the pain, and pray in the Spirit. Pray passionately in the Spirit. So good. God mentioned that one, speaking in tongues is scriptural. Two, speaking in tongues is beneficial. Yeah. And then don't just jump on this right away. Let me unpack it. Okay. Three, speaking in tongues is a choice. And here's, here's what I, let me unpack this. Upon the receipt of this gift, you get to choose. Just like the, upon the receipt of any gift of God, you get to choose whether or not you operate in it. 
why do I say that? You don't have to worry about being in line at Walmart and all of a sudden breaking out in tongues. You get to choose if you, I mean, you get to choose. We were joking earlier, we can pray in tongues at Walmart, can't do so in Target. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just a thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I read it before in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. It said, if, if I pray in a tongue, and then later on I said, I will pray in a tongue. I will pray with my mind. I will. I will. We get to, we get to use our will. So here's, here's the thing where I said there's some things in Scripture that I don't fully understand. Um, I see how beneficial praying in the Spirit is. Um, it's my experience that the huge majority of people who want to pray in the Spirit get the gift of tongues. But here's, here's the truth. Not everybody. And, and not everybody, especially when you want it. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Like a buddy of mine was a vice president, one of the vice presidents at Promise Keepers. And he was asking God for years, can, can I please have this gift of speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit? He goes, man, I got every other gift but that one. He's like, I, I was praying for people that were sick and they'd get healed. I could tell the difference between different spirits, discerning of spirits. I was getting words of wisdom or words of knowledge. I was getting all these things, nothing in the area of praying in, in the spirit. He goes, I asked for years. Fast forward, he moved to Florida. He used to live in Denver. He moved to Florida. He's sitting at this incredibly long light in Bradenton, Florida, because that's like where all the snowbirds go down. Uh, everybody retires down there, you know. And so I don't know if the reflexes are just slower or what, but those lights take forever. So he goes, I was sitting there for like five minutes at a red light, and I'm just sitting there praying. And after years and years of asking God over and over again, I want to pray in the spirit. He goes, I was just sitting at a light, and then it started coming out of my mouth, and he's like, what is happening to me? This is crazy. He was 65 years old. And this was a guy that has seen incredible, miraculous things over and over again and asked God for this gift, and he it just never, never got it until he was, <laughs> I guess, sitting at a red light in Florida. Why in the world did God, did the Holy Spirit wait to, till that point? I don't know. Does it matter? I'm not sure. All I know is it happened to my buddy Dale at 65 after asking for a long time. What I liked about Dale is he just kept after it, man. He said he wasn't like, well, I asked one time and I didn't get it. You're good. He wasn't like hurt about it, you know. Well, I asked that. I asked like five times and I didn't get it. The dude asked for years and finally got it at a red light. I don't get it, but he got it. So that's cool. I want us to kind of prepare our hearts just to kind of jump back in into worship. Uh, into worship. Um, I want to read a passage from Luke chapter 11, verse 13. It says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So I want to throw this out there. Um, you might be asking, how do I get it now? You've talked about it. A lot. How do I get it? Number one, ask the Father. Ask the Father. He gives good gifts. He gives the Holy Spirit. Ask the Father. And, and our God is so kind. I, I want to make this clear. No one's going to think you're less than if you're like, I, I don't want to ask him. It's okay. Just keep journeying with the Lord. Just keep inviting the Holy Spirit to, to just reveal himself to you and to reveal, reveal Christ to you in cool and awesome ways. And just, he's patient with you. He's with you. Like, if you have questions, invite the Holy Spirit in relationship and, and talk with him about it. But I'm telling you right now, if, if in talking about this, you're like, I don't do that. I want to do that. Then ask, ask the Father. Give you. I mean, Jesus said, it's better that I go away and I'll give through the Father the Holy Spirit. There's this incredible cooperation with God. They want us strengthened and built up and fulfilled. So how do I get it? Number one, ask the Father. Number two, be available. I, we're Americans, and I, I love America, and I, I don't know anything else, but we kind of suck at this stuff. And we're really bad at, at waiting because we want it now. In the upper room, they didn't get it now. They waited. They waited before the Lord. They prayed. They sought the Lord. So here's what I'm saying. Do you, do you want it bad enough to fast? Uh, 
fasting is going without food. Going without a McFlurry. Going without a caramel macchiato. Are you going to fast and pray and wait and say, God, I ain't going nowhere. I want, I want any good gift you have for me, but I want this gift. It's okay to ask him. Number one, ask the Father. Number two, be available. Number three, be okay with the awkward. Are you okay with the awkward? Are you okay with not having all the answers? Are you okay with there being things that you don't fully understand, but you trust God and you, you see it in Scripture? Are you okay with the awkward? If you're not okay with the awkward, I don't even know why I asked that question. I don't know. I don't know what you gotta be okay with the awkward. If you're asking for gifts, you've got to be okay with the awkward as you learn to operate in these gifts, as you might stumble through some gifts. I mean, the first time you prophesy over somebody, it's probably not going to be polished and, and clean like someone who's been doing it for years and years and, and just hears the voice of the Holy Spirit and just speaks it with confidence and then prays with authority. You might fumble through some gifts, and that's okay. You might want to go pray for someone for healing, and you don't know the right words, so you just say, Heal them. Heal them. If, if you can, heal them. God, man, I love that kid. I love that dude. Look, look at the effort. Look at the faith. God doesn't see this polished thing. He sees faith. Number three was be okay with the awkward. And number four, use the access you have been given. You've been given the Holy Spirit. And if you want gifts that you currently don't have, you can have access to them. It's all about dialogue, right? It's all about relationship. You know what? Give me, Lord. I, I, I don't want these for my sake. I want them to be used for your kingdom, to build up others, to build up my friends, to build up my wife, to build up my husband, my family, my kids. And when... We've asked, friends, we've got to be willing to speak, to trust, to step out. I will say this. I will say this just in case, and I'm not trying to be funny. I'm totally serious. You can't expect, if you're like, hey, Lord, I, I, wanna, I, want, I want to pray in the heavenly language. Lord, I want to speak in tongues. The Lord's not going to grab your lips and start moving your lips. He's not going to grab your tongue and start moving your tongue. You've got to breathe out an utterance in faith. You don't got to make it up. I'm just telling you, the air in your lungs has to come out. And you've got to trust whatever the utterance that the Lord brings. And I'm just letting you know, like, I've heard people pray in the Spirit and sound like Egyptians. I've heard people pray in the Spirit and it sounds whatever. It, it, who knows what it's going to sound like? And if we all started praying in the Spirit, you're like, oh, that didn't sound like him. Oh, that didn't sound like her. But we have to access that faith that God's put in our hearts and that desire to ask. So I want us to step in and worship the Lord. And I, I tell you what we're not going to do. I'm not going to ask anyone to come forward. We're not going to lay hands on you. Even though we see that scriptural. Even we see people baptized in the Holy Spirit by, by the laying on of hands. Paul was a big fan of laying on of hands. But you know what we saw in the upper room? You know how many people laid hands on, on those hundred and some odd, 120 people at the upper room, none of them had hands laid on them. The Holy Spirit fell upon them and filled them with power. So I'm just letting you know, I want to remove man from this equation, and I want to rely upon the Holy Spirit so that when push comes to shove, you can say, I experienced God straight from the source, not, not from my pastor, not from my friend, not from anyone else, because I was hungry and I asked and you gave because you're generous. Can we stand? Holy Spirit, uh, we just ask you to just amaze us. Uh, I, I believe that there's going to be a lot of asking going on, Father. And we know that you are good and that you give good gifts and you give the Holy Spirit, who is a good gift. You give outpourings. You give gifts. And so, Lord, I just ask that for every asker that is even now asking, uh, 
And Lord, just reveal yourself in them also, Lord, that there be this, this wonderful sense of faith uh, and patience, Lord, because you're not a you're not a vending machine, you're not. And if our prayer is not answered immediately, Lord, let us have endurance to continue.